and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. I'm your host, Emma Thomas, and our guest this time is Jackie Jarvis. Jackie is a walking business coach and the author of Transform Your Life by Walking, about her time walking the pilgrimage routes to Santiago de Compostela. She runs business networking events and helps business owners and professionals use walking and talking as a transformational tool to stimulate clarity, change, strategy and greater well-being. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. Oh, thanks, Emma. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about business networking. If no one, if someone's never heard of it, what, what does it actually mean in practice? I think people would be quite familiar with what we call normal business networking, um, which would be, you know, the normal routine of maybe meeting in a hotel or a venue of some sort and getting together to kind of make contacts and meet other people for business purposes building community and relationships and um, networking is really taking that outside so it's really um, probably described as a more healthy way to network to network walking up to 10,000 steps talking with a partner feeling quite relaxed and um, enjoying the fresh air and exercise whilst making those deeper connections Mm. and there is something isn't there about that kind of act of walking side by side with somebody that um i think it's um i've read um articles or books about you know it's a good way to talk to teenagers for example when you're not kind of facing one another that that people tend to open up a bit more do you find that because you also you do coaching walking as well don't you yeah that's right no i find it um you know it's really powerful actually because you know, when people get to a normal networking event, you know, there's there's quite a lot of discomfort sometimes that people have to kind of muscle up to somebody and yeah. start a conversation. But actually, when you, you know, you set a situation up when you're just walking outside, you're looking forward, people somehow relax and become more themselves, more authentic and really open up. So, you know, it's very evident, you know, on a networking event, you know, when you see people at the start, slightly awkward when they all arrive in the group and then later on over coffee, there's a real natural buzz and people are very comfortable having shared that experience. And I think with the same with the walking coaching that I do physically when I walk with somebody, because I do it in different ways, but physically walking with somebody, they'll pretty much tell you anything and everything. And also, it's a lot easier to think when you're outside, much easier to be creative. The ideas seem to flow um, and there's an energy about it that's created sometimes by the mere fact that you're putting one foot in front of the other. So mm. overall, it's a very powerful thing to do. Yeah, there's a lot of research, isn't there, coming out about the sort of nature connection and being either in green spaces or blue spaces and how good that is for our sort of mental well-being as well. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot really about that. So just, you know, just getting out and spending that green time. I think um, we all feel the energy that we get from that. If we do even just take a short walk each day, it's amazing the, the effect that can have mentally and physically and spiritually too. So let's move on and talk about your book, which is called Transform Your Life by Walking. That's quite a big claim, but um, <laughs> it certainly is. When when did you decide that you were going to embark on doing the? Um, they're called the Caminos, aren't they? The, the That's Santiago. right. Well, I had Camino de Santiago uh, routes are quite famous. You know, there's been um, a number of TV shows. Some people listening might have seen some of them called the Pilgrimage. Um, certainly in the UK, with celebrities walking various sections of these routes. And um, you know, I'd heard about them. There's a film called The Way, 
which again was about walking these Camino routes and how transformational potentially they they could be and probably it's about 10 years ago now I walked the first one and that was when I was feeling particularly overloaded as many business people in business or as as you know you know from the work you do with um, people going through the menopause you know that Mm -hmm. can be one of those signs you know you start to feel kind of overwhelmed with the smallest thing (laughs) even if you're busy you know so you know kind of I was in that place where I felt particularly overloaded and decided that going away and doing something like walking for a long distance over a long period of time potentially could be good for me to let go of of a number of things that that I needed to let go of so 10 years ago I started doing a few of them and at that time I had a partner who was also interested in doing them with me and we experienced a number of them together and then five years ago which is the start of the, the transform your life by walking my solo trips was a point at which I had actually broken up with him and decided, you know, I was at that point where I thought, this is something I love doing. It's been amazing for me. Should I carry on doing it um, alone? Am mm. I brave enough to do that? Or would it be too much of a reminder of the relationship that I had? So it was one of those pivotal moments where you decide, could I bear to do it alone? And I thought, actually, do you know what? I think I will. And that was really the start of what I call more of a transformational journey for me, because I had to be brave enough to go and take that step and go off on these long pilgrimages on my own. As many people who kind of want to do that, doing it is something different. You know, when you actually do it, um, it can be hard to start with. But once you get going and experience it, it's amazing. So that was where the book started from that place of going off alone and then I started writing about it and then getting quite a lot of insight on the way for myself personally and also things that I could share with others who may be going on a similar similar journey but not necessarily walking the steps that I was walking so Um, and did you uh, doing that kind of solo travel as a woman did did you find that 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 got easier the more you you did it that once you got over that kind of fear factor of being alone. Yeah, I think it's um it makes you feel quite powerful actually because there's something about there's many people find themselves for whatever reason on their own and you there's loads of things you want to do um and you think well I can't enjoy them if I'm alone or I, I need the backup of being with someone else. But actually once you do them and you prove you can do them alone, it's it's you know it's a very powerful place to be to get to because you feel like you can do anything alone. And then you start to actually enjoy it alone as well. You see things differently. The people you meet are different. The insights you have are different. You become more fully fully yourself, I think, more more you and stronger and more able. You make different choices. So I think, yes, I've, it, I've probably got addicted now to doing it alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whoever I'm with, I still have to go off and do a, a pilgrimage on my own. I do one nearly every year now, having written this book and also had the experience the benefits that um it's brought me and obviously there are there are other people doing the sort of the different routes either alone or perhaps with a friend or a kind of family member they want to walk with and and you you know you talk a lot in the book about sort of coming together with those people and then sort of going sort of leaving them or saying goodbye and then potentially finding them again sort of somewhere down the road so 
you're not really alone for the vast majority of the time, I suppose, unless you want to be and, and you sort of, you know, shunning those people and, and sort of, yeah. but a big part of it was about sort of making those sort of micro friendships, if you like, with people yeah. along the way. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it depended on the route, because when you read the book, there were different um, routes that some of them were, were more remote. So I think you had to be prepared to be alone, because even though there are other people on the route, you're not with them. You know, it's a bit like you're walking this path, a bit like in life, you know, and people come onto that path. And I always found on the Camino, certain people kept popping up. And those were the people you were meant to have a conversation with. Maybe you're meant to learn something from them. Maybe you were, you know, enjoyed some t- some special time with them or something. Usually there was just a handful of those people. It's a bit like life. You're not friends with everybody. And you, you kind of met these interesting characters on the road. And they usually had something to bring. And then it was quite hard, I think, to let go of them, you know, like to, to have this feeling that everybody's on those Camino routes for themselves, um, walking the paths the path for them their own their own journey and it was quite evident that you just you just had to let people go you know rather than oh I've met someone now I'm going to hold on to them <laughs> and they're going to walk with me for the rest of the journey it was more I've met you if if you turn up again great but if you don't we have to say goodbye and it's quite a good attitude to have in life in general this kind of what I call non-attachment you know you allow what what comes on the path you enjoy it you appreciate it but you still allow people to come and go on the path that could be applicable in business and also in um, personal life so Mm. I think that was quite a powerful lesson Um, every time I go I'm I go alone and then usually there are one or two really good connections that I make. A bit like a networking event when you think about <laughs> it. You go to a networking event, you're not supposed to meet everybody. Yeah. You meet them, but there's maybe one or two people that resonate or you connect with or something happens and you might do some business together. But they kind of come on the path and you just allow that. And I think the Camino, walking the Camino routes, being quite spiritual, that's one of the, the, the powerful lessons, I think from it and you talk um you talk about letting go of people but you you talk also about letting go of material things and and sort of what that was one of the hard won lessons at the beginning of your your first uh, walk solo walk that that you realized that you just had too much stuff to, to, to comfortably carry <laughs> <laughs> i think we, there's a thing that you know you're you're you know we're after a, a reflection of on the outside of what's going on in the inside and I definitely you know I go off on that Camino I think pretty overloaded mentally you know lots going on lots of issues lots of stuff but I also you know had a massive heavy rucksack as well so what was on the outside was also potentially on the inside and I think gradually as I was walking you know I realized how painful it is to carry a heavy rucksack but that also then related to quite often how painful it is to carry a lot of heavy stuff in your head and so um, what happens when you're walking these long distances day after day, not only do you feel the pain of the weight you're carrying on your back and you're tempted to start offloading and, you know, cutting back on the things that you're actually carrying because the lighter the load, the easier it is to walk and enjoy the journey. Um, and there was the same process mentally. I think, you know, we're all, we know what it's like in, after a busy week. You know, you've got so much going on in your head so many thoughts the anxiety and the kind of overload is often about what's in here and not necessarily what's in front of you so Mm. this this period of of walking day after day week after week 
eventually you become much more present in the moment, carrying a lighter load. And slowly the thoughts just, you just start to let go of them. And then there's this sense of being really present, really with whoever you're with, really with nature, whether you're alone or in company. And until you experience that feeling, you actually don't know what it's like. I think there's something quite going around at the moment. It's quite popular, silent walking. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading an article about, about it at the weekend, about how so many people find that hard just to go for a walk in silence because what's going on in the head is so noisy that they're not really silent. And I think the thing I learned from the you know, the transformational aspect of walking long distances over a long period of time, you you get that feeling of what it's like to have nothing in your head. Mm. Um, but it takes time. It's not, not an, you can't just turn it off. Um, it's a bit like when you, <laughs> you can't go on holiday and just suddenly relax. It just doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. Well, we're all we're so plugged into our devices, aren't we? I guess, you exactly. know, even if you're just doing a half an hour walk, the temptation is, oh, well, just listen to a podcast or an audio book, or I might call a friend and chat to them while I'm walking. Yeah. But, but actually to be able to completely turn everything off um, and, as you say, have that sort of that, that solitude is, is really quite hard to achieve. But I guess when you're, you know, you're doing what were you sort of sometimes you were walking upwards of 30 kilometers in one day yeah uh, for many many hours that's a long time to just be alone with your thoughts isn't it it is and it's it's a bit you know it's um I don't know anyone that tries to meditate for example you know many people find that hard to Mm. meditate just to sit and meditate and let go of thinking and it's a similar thing when you're walking it can become like a long meditation it's very difficult to let go of all the thoughts, even the thoughts of, oh, how far is it now? Oh, my God, my back aches, my feet ache, my legs ache, you know, and all the stuff that goes on in your head. Um, eventually, you, you get into this kind of position where you don't, the, the thoughts have gone um, and you're much able to be present. And it's until you feel that, you don't know what it's like. I don't think I even knew what that was like. And now I'm more addicted to that, you know, that peace I, mm-hmm. I still get it I can get it now when I go out for a short 5k first thing in the morning or an evening walk or alone you know I can still plug in but it's almost because I've learned how to to do that um, but it took I mean the book covers you know almost four four years of long distance walking over different Camino routes to Santiago de Compostela and they're quite spiritual routes and that was all I had to think about was what was what I was carrying on my back and what I had to do the next day, um, where I was going to stay, what I was going to eat and where I was going to sleep. You know, So eventually it became a very simple life, a bit like being a, a monk. You know, you were just a monk or a nun. You know, you're just sort of getting up in the morning and you just have those simple things to think about. And really it does energize you and it does make you feel good mentally and physically and what was the longest time that you were sort of away and walking um I've done I mean most of the walks are in the the book that I write about uh more or less two weeks I mean that's the usual time that I would 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 do but I'm tempted I'm doing a second volume of this the publishers were quite interested in doing another one so I'm at the moment doing Caminos now in different countries so how many are there then they're all over there's even Camino routes in the UK so 
there's many, many um, that are being uncovered. And there is even one in Japan, which I'm thinking of doing next year, um, which is linked to the Camino de Santiago in Spain. So um, I've been investigating some of those and possibly it looks like I'll probably do. I've done one in Sicily later this year. I might do one in Luxembourg. There's one being uncovered in Luxembourg. And um, in beginning of September, I'm going to Portugal to do one along the coast, coastal route in Portugal. And then potentially next year, the one in Japan and maybe one in Scotland. Maybe. So so I was going to do another book with these experiences of doing them in different countries. And um, I haven't walked for a month, but I am tempted to try and see if what it would be like to actually walk for a month and what different insights I may gain from that. So mm. <laughs> I know some people think, how could you do that? But um, actually, once you get into it, it's it's an amazing feeling. And, and what, um, what advice would you give to anybody that was thinking about doing this as if they were I mean I'm assuming you needed some reasonably sort of basic level of fitness if you're going to be tackling some some fairly kind of chunky distances but but other than that I think I think if you you know a regular walker I think a lot of people do they know about these Camino routes these pilgrimages pilgrimages and and probably many people be thinking oh I'd quite like to do that I'll Mm. one day I'll do it I would I would say even going for a week to to see whether you like it. You know, you can go on one, any of these different routes. The most famous is the Camino Frances, which has become more and more popular. But you can go and do a section of it, you know, just as an experience, you know, get a guide. Um, there's an app called Buen Camino that kind of, it's quite easy to, to plan the routes. And there's always a sign to follow. So in my book, you know, with those various pictures and things of what it's like, it gives you an idea of um, what it could be like doing alone. And then, you know, go and try it and see how you feel doing something like that for a week. And you don't have to do, I did some silly distances. I think once I did nearly 40K in a day, I think, (laughs) which is silly. You don't have to do that much. You could do 10K. You don't have to kind of do the long distances. You can still, there's a network of places that would be available for you to stay even at 10K on some of the more more popular routes. So, it doesn't have to be this enormous distance. It's about the experience of doing it regularly, I think, and then switching off, shutting off from everything else that's going on in in your life and actually going out and giving it a go. And what were the hardest lessons that, that you learned along the, along the way? I, th- I think probably the first one was, you know, this, this whole thing of letting go. Because now when I look back, when I'm thinking of the the one I'm doing, for example, in Portugal, I'm even thinking the lightest stuff that I can carry in my pack. I've only got myself a very small rucksack, a 30 litre, mm. and I just don't put very much in it. Um, so I think it represents how much I've let go of. And I think the initial, when I look back at the the book even, and I can see what I was putting myself through, I think the hardest thing was probably the the amount I was carrying and actually the courage to let go of, quite a lot of that because that wasn't an instant thing I didn't just throw the rucksack off and that was it it was bit by bit um, learning to really listen to yourself I think listen to your who you really are inside and your thoughts and make those shifts I would say for anyone a conscious being conscious of that over a period of time can be hard sometimes it's easier to be unconscious so it brought up 
doing that brought up quite a lot of things to let go of. And I think mm. that was probably, it feels easy now I've done it and learned a lot of lessons. But it's at the time I know that it was a challenge and it's a challenge for, for all of us, I think. You did have your travel kettle, though. That was your. I did. <laughs> That's so British. <laughs> I still carry that. That's the one I put in because um, the thing is, you can't you can't get a cup of tea because most places in um, Europe don't have kettles in the rooms, not like in England. <laughs> so, <laughs> to take a little bit of England with you. Yeah, you and go. tea bags and your tea bags. So take those with you. Yeah, um, necessities. <laughs> So you talked um, about some of the the trips that you've got uh, planned coming up and those you're going to do, keep walking uh, alone, presumably. Yes, yes. Although, you know, there's always a chance, depending on the person, that there may be someone that I take with me. You never know. Yes, I think think when I'm writing, I think the other thing is when I'm writing a book, it's quite important to, to have that space, you know, to kind of, get some creativity and some ideas and some insights and listen, you know, because I think it's harder when you're walking and talking with somebody, it's powerful, but in context, when you actually go and walk alone and a lot of people do these Camino routes really for some space, you know, some solitude for some silence Mm -hmm. because there might be something they want to process, think about, walk through. Lots of people do it for many different reasons. And, um, I think if you were trying to talk to someone all day long, it would be it would be pretty. It's pretty intense. So eventually, you want that feeling of of space and peace. So mm. is it so, is yeah. it hard to um, when you come back to reality? Do you sort of have a sort of period of readjustment to uh, to the kind <laughs> of the noise and the bustle and the yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, I think when I come back, I think my house feels enormous, you know, and it's always I'm always decluttering because. I think I've probably spent more time decluttering my house since doing these Caminos because I come back, well, I've just survived for two weeks with just mm. a tiny amount of stuff. And it's actually very liberating just to have a small amount of stuff. You realise how little you actually need and a lot of it is want. You don't need it. And sometimes you feel a lot happier having less but actually being grateful for and paying attention to, mm. to more, if that makes sense. Yeah. The less you've got going on, in your head and less stuff you have around you the more you the more gratitude and pleasure you get from simple things really mm. which I think that's there definitely is a period of readjustment um you know the desire not to have too much technology around and you know just to be free of that really and be out in nature and you know it's definitely definitely changed a lot of the way I think and the way I operate yeah, quite often we're, we're sort of holding on to things just in case, aren't we? And yeah. <laughs> suddenly you do get back after a, a long period of time like that and sort of look around and think, goodness me, why have I got all these things that I'm just holding on to for yeah for different reasons? Well, that's it. I mean, I think you can go through, I would go through my rucksack and really, you know, kind of think about each thing. Like, what's that going to do? Can that, you know, pair of leggings double up, you know, in double use or you know how heavy is it to carry you know is it going to impact you know rather than just stuffing everything in and thinking oh I need that I need that you know and and then that translates into your own life you know how much you know in business you know what what do you actually need to be successful what's working what isn't 
Um, we hold on to so many things in business in the same way, relationships, people, um, stuff that isn't really working. We, we try to do too much. And then really when you take that step back and you think, well, is this actually working or not? Um, and I think I've definitely translated quite a few of the lessons from the Camino walking to business, you know, to think, well, okay, what, what do I really want to do? Um, what, what will make me really happy? And what actually is going to make this work? And then sticking to a few routes to that, as opposed to having many different paths that you're trying to to, to walk down or juggling many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've definitely focused my business much more since. And also, to a certain extent, help clients do the same when I'm helping them with their business growth, you know, so that it actually is a balance, a balanced life, as opposed to just a, a busy business. Mm. And I think the other thing that you talk about in the book is this sort of trusting the process and kind of going with the flow of things. And I think definitely for for, for some of us, well, I'm putting my hand up, <laughs> you know, we like, we like to have a plan and we're kind of like, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of uncomfortable when, when things don't go according to plan and quite stressful. But, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, you know, there were many days where things didn't go according to your plan and you just kind of had to, <laughs> to go with yeah. it and trust that it would work out. Yeah, I think that is one of the, the Camino lessons definitely is the, you know, you're walking a path. There are signs. Sometimes you can't see them. You have to trust. You have to keep going in order to, you know, you could be in the middle of nowhere. I mean, these little yellow arrows pop up. I can remember being on mountains, you know, in the fog, you know, looking for this little arrow, um, lost in woods, you know, all sorts of different different things. And there weren't other people around, but you had to keep trusting that the sign would appear if you just kept walking. Mm. And then you were uh, aware of these signs on the path. And I think if we translate that into our business lives, you know, the, we're, we're all walking a path. Sometimes we change direction. Sometimes we need to go back to go forward. And there are always signs on the path, signs that we're on the right track or the wrong track. And I think it's that awareness isn't it, of what what is happening and a trust that sometimes things will work out in the way we try too hard. I know I've suffered from really trying too hard, working too hard, pushing mm-hmm. too hard trying to make something work when it obviously wasn't you know and I've let go a lot of that and there is an element of of course you need a plan it's a bit like I wouldn't walk the Camino without getting the guidebook the app packing my rucksack thinking about where I was going maybe booking a few places you need that structure but then when you get there and you've got that plan there's a sense of just enjoying the the process and allowing whatever happens on that journey to happen and learn as you go, like um, allow it to flow. And I think in the business is the same, you know, providing you've kind of worked out where you're going, what direction you want to go in, who's your right client to work with, where you're going to find them and get some structure into that um, strategic plan. And then you, you need to enjoy it because always kind of looking backwards or forwards without actually enjoying that path can spoil the journey, can't it? Mm. And what were the, are there any sort of top moments that stand out for you that, that were sort of, you know, days that will stay with you or, or sort of, um, yeah, just experiences along the way, whether that's a sort of people or places that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's, there's certainly people that stand out, but there was one, I think there was one experience, the one 
um, on the Camino Primitivo where we walked through the fog into the light. I think I called it that. And there was a little group that left because it was quite dangerous. It was a, a kind of mountainous route. And, you know, it was kind of, we were told, you know, if you really want to go up to the, you know, the top of this, it was a hospitalis route on the, on the Primitivo. You've got to be careful, especially if it's foggy. And we kind of were making a decision, are we going to go or not go? And um, we, we all said there was a little group of people. And we said, well, if we stick together, we'll be okay. And so, we all set off together, but then I bro- somehow I got lost or I broke away from this group and there was someone else that broke away, a guy called Don, uh, an Irish guy who lives in Spain. And I bumped into him a number of times on the route. He was not with me at the time, but we both got separated in different ways from this group. And we were both almost like lost on this mountain. <laughs> lost <fog. sheep>. <laughs> <laughs> And I, t- I didn't know whether to turn back. And, and I think he didn't. I ended up turning back and then some suddenly I saw his little face in the in the fog. And um, so we kind of got together and we were kind of deciding what we're going to do. Are we going to try and trust the path? Are we just going to walk forward? What are we going to do? We, we don't know how to get back anyway. So we both decided we were just going to trust this path and we're going to keep walking. And so we did. And we saw these little tiny signs occasionally, but really we, we didn't know where we were going. We couldn't see a thing. And eventually we got up to the top of this mountain. And it was one of those moments where we arrived at just the right moment when the fog was clearing at this at the top of this route. Mm. And as we came out, um, there's pictures in the book of this, as we came out of the um the top it was as if we were walking on top of clouds it's difficult to explain but it, we kind of came out and we were like walking along the top of this ridge and um the kind of clouds lifted and the sun came out it's really spiritual it's like one of those moments where it was an absolutely amazing Some view and also in the background <laughs> yeah, it was like and it was after the stress of of that journey mm. and just feeling like we've got to just keep stepping forward i think we were the only people in the group to see that because we just hit it at that moment. And I think Don shouted out, I think, oh, I'm so happy, you know, like and we, we spent that moment up at the top. Um, and I think both of us kind of went, it's really worth it. Sometimes it's worth taking taking a risk, mm. trusting yourself, trusting in the path. And then the result was a beautiful light and some great insight and also some great company. I'm still in touch with Don. He, he's actually um, helping me learn Spanish at the moment. So he's... Yeah, he's become a great buddy and um, that moment together, we often talk about it, you know, how we got there and, uh, you know, what happened. There was many others, but that was just one that uh, stands out. Fantastic. Well, look forward to to seeing where your adventures take you over the next five years. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll share links uh, in the show notes to where people can find you and your different platforms and, and different guises. So yeah. thanks so much for coming and talking to us about the book. We'll put a link in as well so that people can find a copy of that if they're yeah, interested brilliant. in quite literally following in your footsteps. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming to talk to us, Jackie. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me, Emma. It's been great. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.